Welcome to Remote Controlled, Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On this week's episode, we're talking to the cast of This Is Us, Milo Ventimiglia, Mandy Moore, and Starling K. Brown. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum, executive editor of TV at Variety, and it's my pleasure to be here this week with the cast of This Is Us. We've got Mandy Moore, Milo Ventimiglia, and Sterling K. Brown. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> um, excellent. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks Happy to be with us. you. Yeah. So, congratulations on being the hit of the season. Thank Thanks. you. Yeah. <laughs> we are. Cool. I'll take it. I'll yeah, take it. Sure. I'll take it for sure. One of the first series to get a pickup for full season. Yes. So let's start at the beginning. What was your reaction when you first read the script? Mandy, why don't you start? Um, gosh, I think I kind of speak for all of us um, mm-hmm. simultaneously. In a way, <laughs> it, it, it was impossible for your jaw not to be on the ground once you finished that last page of the script. And it was signed M. Night Fogelman. <laughs> I think we all immediately just sort of went, what? And I, I know I flipped right back to the beginning and was trying to sort of see if I could decipher <coughs> clues from, from the get-go. Um, but I, it just felt like such a nuanced, elevated script on network television, especially. And after um, doing pilots three years in a row and just being absolutely devastated <laughs> that things didn't move forward, I wasn't really looking to do another pilot. And then I just mm. thought, you know what? There's no way I could say no to this kind of opportunity. I mean, I had to audition for it, of course, but... After reading the script, it was such a no-brainer to me. The opportunity to work with Dan and John and Glenn, and obviously after reading that script, it was, it was you know, uh, obvious to me as well that the cast would be spectacular. They would get yeah. the best of the best people for the show. Yeah. I think they pulled yeah. it off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, everything that Mandy said, and then, you know, to, to tail end that, the idea of, of this beautiful group of talented actors that, you know, I'm always wanting to contribute and participate when I see the great work of great actors. I'm like, oh wow, I, I'm I'm with this group of people, and and you know, it's it's I feel like it's elevated and it's inspirational and it's exciting, you know, and and it's it's just one of those things. It's a very very special moment, I think, for a show like this, but also for all of us kind of on the inside. It's yeah. It's that kind of, you know, pinch yourself on the arm for a moment and and hope to God that you're not waking up because this truly is um, opportunity of a lifetime with the material and the cast and the characters and everything that we get to play in in this beautiful sandbox. Yeah. Amen. Amen, brother. Somebody asked me earlier about uh, my reaction to the script when I first read it, and uh, I was still working on The People vs. OJ at the time. And I was sitting next to Sarah Paulson, I think, like at the prosecution table. And I was like, Sarah, I think I found something that I really want to be a part of. And she's like, really? I was like, yeah. Because it was so good. And it's so completely different from The People versus O.J., which was sort of this commentary <clears throat> on like uh, socioeconomics and, and racism and sexism and People knew the end of that story going into it. They just wanted to see how it was going to unfold. And this story is is all heart. Um, 
I, I liken it between like in grad school, we do a lot of work with Arthur Miller, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of work with Tennessee Williams. Mm-hmm. And where the first one was more Miller, this one is more Williams, mm-hmm. right? And they both speak to their audiences, right? And so that that pilot with all of its twists and turns and then discovering that we are all one family. You know, I was like, I, it had me at hello. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? It was just one of those things. And so I got a chance to audition and, and it all worked out. But my family, <clears throat> who's not the biggest TV MA family mm-hmm. in the world, so they enjoyed oh, yeah. The People versus OJ. But like when they talk to me about This Is Us, they're like, this is the one. This is. I know you got an Emmy and da 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 da, but this show right here, this show right here is something special. Aww. I'm not gonna argue that. Talk about each of your characters. How much do you relate to your characters, and how much do you feel like at this point the writers are writing to you, and how much y- each of you are cu- coming through in your characters? I mean, I'm I'm not a wife or mother. Uh, I hope to be one day, so I I can't really see my way into the character with that sort of life experience under my belt. But I hope to be the kind of mother that Rebecca is. I think she leads with her heart, and I think she, in spite of herself and maybe unbeknownst to to herself, is really naturally maternal and sort of even though she had her doubts about whether or not this was the life she wanted to lead I think it 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 was sort of primal for her and came really natural and I can't really speak to whether or not the writers are writing to us I mean I guess to a certain extent at this point you know we're in the middle of shooting episode 10 right now I think they're all well aware of who we are and sort of I think we've kind of established who these characters are and their interactions with everybody else in in the story so Hopefully they're writing for our voices that we've established at this point. But I, I don't really, I don't really know. But I'm having fun every day, regardless. Yeah, it's beautiful um, writing. Yeah, it, and it is. It is. It all starts with with that written word and and what that moment one was with the pilot and for any of us and you know for myself it was automatically identifying that Jack is a good man. <clears throat> He's a good man and he strives to be a good husband and he wants to be a good father. And you know, I I think in my career I've played a lot of different guys. I've never quite played one as golden-hearted as Jack. And I think as earnest as Jack. And I see a lot of I see a lot of my own father in this like Mandy like I'm not a, I'm not a husband I'm not a father so I kind of relate to being a young boy and looking up at my own dad and thinking about those lessons in life where you know you're 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 taught the right way to to be a good human being and to be positive and to be kind at the same time you know given strength and all that so you know I I think it's the closest character to my heart in terms of what I know by way of my own father. Like I, in my trailer, I have this photo of my dad and I, I was three years old. I'm leaning, we even talked about, you know, photo you had Sterling with, with your dad, but it's this photo of my dad and I, and above it, I have a note and it says, be a good father. And below it, I have a note that says, be a good husband. And it's, it's almost as simple as that for Jack. And I think about it, you know, I'm reminded of every time I like, walk out of my trailer to go you know do a scene with mandy or or whoever (coughs) i happen to work with uh you know it's simple 
I would like to add to that. <clears throat> you started off with, you know, Jack's a good man, whatnot. Mm-hmm. I do believe that Milo Ventimiglia, that's how you pronounce it, right? Sure is. Milo Ventimiglia um, is one of the better human beings I've come across. Yeah. Like, Thanks, man. truly one of the most earnest and just considerate people. Like, Milo knows everybody's name on set. And he makes it a point to know everybody's name. Like, he will go and study the sheet mm-hmm. so that when he comes up to you, he can say, hey, Deborah, how you doing? Good to see you. Like, I mean, and it's really, really lovely. And when, when the crew see Milo come, it's like Norm coming in the cheers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's like it's that type of result. <laughs> hey, Milo! You know what I mean? So you, you got something in common with Jack just Thanks, from the giddy Thank you. You're welcome. Um... So I do have a bit more life experience that parallels Randall's. He's married. I'm married. He's got a bomb wife. I got a pretty bomb wife. Um, He's got two beautiful kids who are daughters. I have two beautiful children who are boys. And I think the most interesting and crucial point of entry, similar to Milo, is just uh, this whole thing with fathers and sons. Stories of fathers and sons have always gotten me. Um, because I lost my dad when I was 10. And so I've always had like all these different surrogate fathers, you know, friends, dads come over and I find myself taking in whatever kind of information that I can from them. And so to be at this place in my life right now with the family, <clears throat> with the job, etc., cetera, uh, I say to myself, man, I wish my dad could, could check this out. I wish he could see his grandkids meet this woman that I chose to share my life with. And I feel like Randall is on that sort of search as well because Jack has been absent for so for some time. Um, <laughs> How long has he been absent for? Because she Jack, asks. A moment. Because Jack has been absent for some time. You know, the space to pursue William, to see if he's out there in the world, is an opportunity that he has to take advantage of because he can't, right? So, yeah, those are similarities. The show drums through a lot of time periods. How hard is it for you as actors to keep track of them? How do you to keep track of them, if at all? We've, we've been given a pretty fair amount of information and a really decent roadmap to know the history of the Pearsons. Yeah. Um, in the writer's room, along the top edge of the wall, are milestones for the family. Um, any moment that any of us can get with Dan, he's more than excited <laughs> to talk about what's coming. Right. And I think what's coming, particularly, at least for Mandy and I, yeah. is always relative to what sure. Sterling or Justin or Chrissy are about to experience yeah. because it's part of their upbringing. Yeah. Moments in their history that they need to be able to carry yeah. that inform who they are as adults and the choices they've made sure. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, jumping time periods, it's a, a, we have to keep aware of it, mm-hmm. but I think at the same time, it's, it's more understanding where we need to be in any given moment, let's say for Mandy and I, of our character's relationship um, with one another, with our kids individually and collectively, as well as with ourselves, you know. Checking in with yourself in 1988 is different, or checking with Jack in 1988 is different than checking in with Jack at 1980. Yeah. Or in 1993. Or in 1993 coming up. Right. Yeah. It's funny, too, how 
you know, because we're really following from our character's perspective, too. We're really following the trajectory of this relationship and mm-hmm. this marriage. And it's interesting, the conversations that are sparked on set. Mm-hmm. Because it is a very collaborative experience. And I remember we just shot a scene not that long ago. And hearing the director and then Ken Olin was on oh, set yeah. and his perspective and, like, his idea of marriage and monogamy. It's, like, it's really crazy, like, the conversations and anecdotes that come out that, that sort of transpire because yeah. of what's, you know, being being talked yeah. about in this yeah. story with this family and this couple. But I think, there, I, think, yeah, I think there's even a little bit of therapy happening behind <laughs> the scenes for people working <laughs> yeah. things out through Jack and Rebecca. A couple yeah. times I've said to, to Mandy, hey, Mandy. Uh, you think this is Jack and Rebecca experiencing this, or maybe this is you know <laughs> something that is kind of extra added to you to write help what you know. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's overwhelming sometimes. Like I think before we started shooting, I was like, I remember walking out of Dan's office initially, oh, yeah. and it was like, you know. <clears throat> I think we had a vague idea of where the show was going like when we did the pilot like he had an idea of like you know we're gonna we're gonna jump around a little bit but it wasn't until like two weeks before we started shooting Dan was like I have this idea and it may work or it may not (laughs) but I really want you to potentially play this woman present day and if it doesn't work and it's like 99% acceptable from the powers that be we're not doing it we'll cast somebody but if we can nail it it might be really powerful Um, so I didn't know when I signed up for this that I was going to be doing quite as much jumping around in time but it's (laughs) it's an honor and it's a gift and I really love the challenge of it I think you nail it I mean you know Stowe you get get to actually see Rebecca work with Rebecca at that age you know total outsider for me I could be on set and watch it, but also just as an audience, when I'm watching the episodes, I see a difference. Yeah. I see a, a very, very wide difference of life lived under Rebecca's belt from, you know, the, the early days of Jack, you know, the eight-year-olds and, and the rest to who she is as a mature woman with grandkids and all that. And it's, they are, it's and Miguel, yeah, and but Miguel. it's, it's and like, Miguel. but but Miguel. you care, but you honestly, man, you carry the same heart, but there's something about the experience that Rebecca has had in life, and they are, they're just they're different women, but they're the same. I don't know, it's really lovely to watch it's the really difference, the span, yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. Talk about how you step into that character. How do you put yourself into the mind of an older woman? And the body. I mean, because you seem to carry yourself as an older woman as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's crazy, right? I did a couple (laughs) sessions with a physicality coach because that was really important to me. Um, I didn't want her to sort of be an old woman who was like sort of, (laughs) you know, with like a cane. She's 66. She's still really vibrant. And she's sort of in like, you know, maybe the best phase of her life um, with her family and her grandkids. And she's still a vital woman, you know, and Miguel. (laughs) So I, Poor John Huertas. I love oh, John so much. Yeah, he's, best. he's he's the, the best. best. Um, but she's wearing the necklace. I wear the she necklace, of course. Necklace. It will all come full circle sooner rather than later. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but so no, I worked with like a physicality coach to just um, try and get in the mindset and the bot. And although it sounds super ridiculous, just the idea of thinking about where your energy emanates from at certain ages. So I thought sure. about Rebecca as a, as a mother in her 30s. It Her energy would come from her hands and from her heart because she's a mother and she's constantly giving of herself. But, you know, later in life, her children are grown. She's perhaps raised these kids 
you, you know, not by herself, but I think, you know, a good part of her life, she felt like that emotionally. Mm-hmm. And that's something to consider, uh, you know, bringing to the table. And so she, her kids are grown. She has grandkids now. I really think about my energy sort of emanating and the clarity you get from wisdom and age, like emanating from the top of my head, <laughs> like almost like a light bulb, just sort of like shooting straight up to the sky. And just walking a little differently, walking a little bit more purposefully. And I think as you get older, you care a little bit less, like what people think. And, you know, so just those sorts of ideas are things that I think about when I approach Rebecca present day, I guess. Are we going to get to see more of Rebecca present day? Yeah, we've shot quite a bit. Yeah, you see a lot. There's, you know, there's perhaps some holidays coming up that you'll see the whole family together. Sure. Yeah. That would be great to get to see the whole family together because we haven't gotten to see more than, you know, a couple of people together at any given scene. That's true. I know. It's exciting it's for us as actors, too. <laughs> it's yeah. coming, Deborah. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> I'm going to get some scoop out of you guys. Yes. I'm trying. <laughs> I was thinking Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming up, yeah. so yes, time ma'am. for some family meals. No, I can say, I can say that. Uh, let, me see, let me just make sure. Yeah. No, the, uh, the Pearsons do celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas, and Thanksgiving is like Randall's favorite holiday yeah. and so he normally hosts thanksgiving at his house and he will think host thanksgiving at, at his house this year as well so we have that to look forward to for shizzle breaking some scoop <laughs> yeah like, that's the scoop yeah thanksgiving at black pearson house <laughs> amazing does the urn come the urn doesn't make it no the urn doesn't make it that would be a little but he's there in spirit but he's always there and you'll spirit. see he's honored and yeah yeah wonderful mm-hmm. So, Milo, let's talk about the mustache. Sure, what do you want to know? <laughs> when did they break the news to you mustache that gate? the mustache was coming? Funny enough, it actually, yeah. It w- there was a mustache gate. There was a mustache there was gate. A whole thing. There was I mean, tell a us mustache about mustache gate. gate. Um, long story, incredibly short, hopefully. I, we did the pilot. That was my beard. It was a three-month beard. Mm-hmm. And then coming back for the second episode, Dan said he wanted to see a very different Jack. Jack is in a different place. Jack and Rebecca are in different places with their eight-year-olds now. And Dan wanted me clean shaven, and it was scripted. That's how he wanted it. And I, I kind of, you know, raised my hand and said, "Dan, um, if we're aging eight years, and I shave the beard, I'm gonna look eight years younger, man." Um, also, are we going back to 1980 where there's babies and beards and whatnot again? Are we gonna have to? Am I gonna have to wear a fa- full fake beard? And he goes, "Yeah, we're going back to that." And I said, "Okay. Well, how about if we are symbolizing Jack at a moment?" in the 80s where he's just in a mustache. And then if we jump to another decade, um, we can add another piece. But then when we go back to the 80s, I'm not acting in a full fake beard. It's uh, from a practical application, it's difficult and it doesn't move entirely well. <laughs> um, but I, I will say uh, Zoe Hay, our makeup artist, uh, head makeup department, yeah. she has built her own uh, beautiful beard that I wear on my face, and the the mustache is just the kind of kind of in between ADA. I, I don't know. It's 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 a mustache. Yeah, People were afraid. She's she's incredible. Unbelievable. She's incredible. Um, but I think it. You know, Dan told me he goes, "It's a scary moment." He's like, "My, he's like, you're you're one of the, one of the male leads of this show," and he was walking around the production office asking girls if they liked me more or less with a mustache. Um, truly. I'm sorry. Truly, I swear to God. And it was, and it was 50-50. It was split. Right. And Dan was genuinely worried. I said, Dan, let me tell you something. Your writing is so good. 
that when Jack pops up in 88 with these eight-year-olds that are brand new too, and the audience is getting a whole new set of the big three, and they see Jack with a mustache, after two seconds, no one's going to give a shit. Yeah. I swear, I promise you, man, you are you are that good. <laughs> Trust it. Yeah, and that's what it was. Because yeah. I think there is a culture of fear and there's there's a caution. You you come out of the gate super strong, people are excited, right. and you you don't want to make a misstep. And I felt that from Dan, but what I'd said to him was, hey, listen, practically it works, creatively it absolutely works. But I think if we... If we just move forward confidently, because the, the the words are that great, let's just do that, man. And we set the precedent, and everyone else will fall in line. Exactly. Now right. there's Halloween, Jack and Rebecca, and triplets. So it's kind of like, all right, damn, oh yeah, great we've move. seen a couple Halloween costumes. Yeah, it's Jack and Rebecca. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. There has also been some singing on the show for yes, for better and um, <laughs> Buy and other contract. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was singing that the whole way over. You know I was what? singing that the whole way over it's here. It's funny, like on Twitter, uh, Justin hit me up last night and he's like, "Can I get that single on like iTunes or something?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, this this joint's going platinum." And then so other people picked up on this conversation and they're like, uh, "Don't quit your day job." And I was <laughs> like, "What?" I was no, but they were being like, "Ha ha, funny, funny." But I was like, "I can actually carry a tune like decently." Not a singer, singer, but I can carry a tune, and so I had to try not, and not try, carry but like, a tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah which to, is hard to not carry a tune. But it was it was fun, yeah. and at the same time, like I remember, it's like each take, I was like, man, that was really bad. <laughs> and I, I would say it's hard to do something badly, whether you're doing it on purpose or not, and everybody's yeah. just sitting there like l- watching you do it badly. <laughs> it was fun though. Yeah. You pulled it off. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, you did. Thank you. The highlight of the episode. And then you and Chrissy have sung each uh, mm-hmm. and both have a beautiful voices. I love Chrissy's voice so much. She can, I like, Chrissy like, sings bored. nonstop, like, all the time. She's kind of like me. Like, uh, something will enter into her head, and she'll just, like, whatever song it reminds her of, she'll just start singing it. But when she sings, she, she doesn't play to lose. Like, she's for real, for real. Stops like the room. You ask her about, like, what she does karaoke, and she's like, you know, I like Adele. I like to do some Whitney Houston. And I'm like, if you're doing Whitney yeah, for karaoke. Yeah, you're like a, like a power ballad kind yeah, of girl. Then wow. you're, not, you're not messing around. Yeah. <clears throat> Will we get to hear more singing from Chrissy and you on the show? I think so, yes. I think that is a thread that unites the two of them. Yeah. And I think they'll be sort of highlighting that more as the series goes on. Yeah. Going through the series, is there a moment that stands out for you as your favorite? Oh, that's yeah. tough. It's also tough to think about like stuff that's aired and then stuff that we've shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very much. Because so. there's a lot that we've I, just done recently. I will say this because you you mentioned this before, Mandy. When we all read episode 105, yeah, we were like, all right, so this one, like, sort of tells us what the show is about, and. The monologue that Justin, uh, that Kevin slash Justin has at the end of the episode is just so beautiful. And it's, I was talking to my sister about it, and she was like, man, it's almost like the Bible and stuff like this, mm-hmm. but because it has such strong spiritual elements to it about life and what life is and sort of the continuity of it. You know, that there's, it sort of expresses this infinite idea in a really poetic and beautiful way. Um, and to have the character of Kevin 
express it, who a lot of times people will try to short shrift as not being that deep, turns out to be an incredibly deep and, like, thoughtful human being. Like, that moment for me was was really quite lovely. I agree. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Exactly. I agree. That was, like, a real moment for me. Someone's called it the mission statement of the show, and I really like that. I think that's the perfect summation for what... What the show is about and what that scene is about, and it's it's really fitting. Yeah, I'm 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 not gonna disagree. It's from when we all sat at a table read together, yeah. you know, and, and cried. yeah, literally cried. I mean, Justin was reading it. You could hear the the waver in his voice. Mandy, I, I I'm sitting next to Mandy. I'm sitting between Mandy and Sterling, and uh, and I just out of my corner of my eye. On the left, I see Mandy just keeps reaching up, reaching up to her eye, reaching up to her eye. I'm like, oh man, she's crying. You know, out comes my hanky. Here you go. And then, course, and then, he's the most thoughtful person on the planet. <laughs> and then I hear Chrissy on the other side of Justin sniffling. And so I lean back in my chair and I see she's crying. And then I look to my right and I see Sterling kind of looking up like he's, you know, looking up to the top shelf of something. And he has his eyes closed and he has the smallest hint of a contented smile on his face and Justin finishes Justin finishes the 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 monologue and then his eyes open and you just kind of turn to the left to look and I saw you look at Justin and you look Sterling, you look right down the line and when you looked at me right next to you so, I mean just tears in his eyes you know we and we all I think felt the weight of those words in that moment we you know there there are moments where i'll read the script and and i mean i just it 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 just absolutely wrecks me in the best yeah. possible way at absolutely. times and and then we all kind of come together and be like oh man did you check this out you, you know so that 105 was a moment that sure. we all got to experience together yeah. yeah having read it on our own but then like really be around one I another to hear those words. I think as much of a catharsis as people are able to get from the show, it's just as much of a catharsis for us yeah. too as mm. human beings. Absolutely. <laughs> and actors, it's like it really it really resonates with us as well. Like before yeah. we're lucky enough to get to share it with the rest of the world, it like yeah. it hits all the right spots with us too, yeah. you know? Like, ooh. And folks have seen the first six and we're now just finishing up number 10 can't wait for them to see what comes next mm. like it's so do tell <laughs> it's really good like i already told you that we have thanksgiving and christmas so that's a couple yeah. of episodes we have an episode that takes place between thanksgiving and christmas i can uh-huh. say that much yeah so that's another one and then we have one before that so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're just bringing the, just bringing the scoops we're, all, like, bringing the the scoop. right we're jumping to a new uh Decade or not a new yeah. decade. Yeah. I, I guess maybe no, yeah, a new, a new time period uh, within the Pearson family in the, right. in the uh, seventh episode. Yes. Yes. So you're going to be meeting a new Randall and Kate and Kevin right. at a, a big three at a very you know instrumental, fundamentally like important age. Right. So yeah, yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Very, it's good. It's, it's really and it, each time I get a chance to see. Well, there's there's babies that I've mm-hmm. seen, and then there's little toddlers, so they haven't had to do too much speaking yeah. as of yet. So only the eight-year-olds have really been on the forefront, and so this next phase is a little bit older, so it'll be interesting to see sort of the mm-hmm. evolution of the character with the different actors that play us. 
I have to give a shout out to the casting of the kids because they really are fantastic. Yeah. How how is it working with them? Um. I mean, I th- I think it, I think it's the, I think it's the challenge <laughs> of knowing you're working with a kid. Yeah. You know, you have these beautiful, talented, <laughs> amazingly raw talents. But at the same time, they're eight years old. Yeah, and keeping in mind that they're children. Yeah, and so, so <laughs> I don't know how to wrangle children yet, but I'm learning. I'm learning from Milo. Actually. Yeah, I, I kind of. Really he's a very good them. dad. He's <laughs> a great fake dad. Yeah, You're really I mean, good at and, directing them. Yeah, I do my best. I mean, I, I figure if I, I throw, you know, uh, um, a, a figure of Jack that is inspiring as well as. Don't mess with me, I'm the boss. Um, but they'll also fall in line. inviting, yeah, they'll fall in line. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Jack isn't quite the briber; he's the inspirer. But you have these amazing. I mean, and then you know, Faith and Eris, oh, who are, are, are Sterling children, children Tess, and Tess and Annie. I mean, God, they're really man. good kids. <laughs> they're really, really sweet. good. They're really professional. Really good yeah, kids. yeah, they're sweet. We yeah, I've that. heard some stories of uh, of mom and dad. <laughs> they have they have their days in which is a little bit trying, but uh, they soldier through. We yes, soldier we do. They soldier yeah. through. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Well, I know dance scripts are fantastic, but do you ever get a chance to improv anything on the set? We do. Yeah. We do. And, and, you know, it's interesting to watch everybody's style. Like, man, you pretty much say the lines for the mm-hmm. most part. I would say I, I say the lines, and then every once in a while I may tag it with something yeah. that just comes off the dome. Justin says them and then interweaves like his own thing throughout the whole thing as well. And so to see him and Chrissy together, like they'll they'll kind of like riff yeah. a little bit. And then sometimes they'll let him go and sometimes they'll bring him back to the script. But it's really nice to see. So everybody has a slightly different approach in terms of how they deal with things in general, you know? Milo and I generally talk about like our scenes together beforehand yeah. and like when we're in hair and makeup we'll go through and <clears throat> kind of if things are sticky and don't feel quite right, it's like we'll work them out together. And I think we both kind of do our homework beforehand and have a lot to say to each other and a lot to bring to the table when we are talking about like our different perspectives coming into a scene. And I know you have notes and I have notes on my script Mm -hmm. and you'll change lines and I'll change lines and I'll have questions and you'll have questions. And so it's, it's nice to like feel challenged by the person that you're working with, but also feel really safe. Mm -hmm. Like I know I'm in really yeah. good hands with him. I feel super comfortable. I know that like I'm always gonna have like a real partner there. Yeah, I mean, look, I figure if, if you're good, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay. So <laughs> you know, as long as I can make Mandy look good, I'll be I'll be okay. <laughs> <Shut up>. <laughs> <laughs> but but Dan, this is, like from the pilot has supported a sort of like this is the roadmap. Yeah, like you know, you try to stay within the train tracks, mm-hmm. but like there's there's freedom within the track. Yeah, yeah. you know, because yeah. Justin came up with all kinds of stuff during the meltdown. Yeah, that wasn't on the page, but that just served the character in that moment. So, yeah. So I know you're clued into a lot of the twists and turns that are coming up, but is there one big question in your mind that you want answered that you haven't gotten the answer to yet? Yeah, there's a couple. Really? Like what? Care to share? No. <laughs> And it's not because I don't want to inform people. Like, I'm afraid of the answer. Hmm. I'm truly afraid of the answer. Like, it's heartbreaking. It makes me want to burst out oh, in tears right now. I think yeah. I know. I know things. I, They're whispering guys, to each other. No, I know no, things, no. but, like, uh, what I'm curious no. about, because you've seen very limited I mean, interaction between the children and Miguel, right? But so you had, uh, Randall had sort of an awkward interaction with them. 
or whatnot. And I think I'm the only one who's interacted with them so far that we've seen. And then we'll see further interaction with, with them later on. But the history of that relationship, like going from, you know, the best friend of your dad to now being your stepdad, like how that plays itself out. And we may not even get to it in this season if we're blessed to move forward, maybe in future seasons. But it's a curious sort of thing and how that affects the kids, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I have, I have, I have a very good friend who <clears throat> lost her father when she was young, yeah. and you know, I, I knew her mother remarried and everything, but I never knew that her stepdad was her dad's best friend. Here we go. Yeah. So that whole yeah. episode, wow. Miguel walks in the door, and then episode five, like, oh man, she w- she was angry at me, angry, and I'm like. Wow, she's really working something out with her own father through me, and I'm, yeah, just, yeah. I'm just a vessel, and I, you know, I'm glad you were touched. And if you want to talk, I'm here. I'm here. I want to know um, Miguel's last name. Oh, <laughs> that's I a know. great question. But I decided I was like, I kept my name. Yes. yes. Well, I asked you on set. I was like, so what's your last name? And you're like, I don't know. And then you're like, I think I kept my name. I was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was works a good question. for Randall. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, right? She kept the Pearson name, but I want to know what his <clears throat> name is, and I want to know what happened with his wife. That's, that's, that's a great question. question. That's yeah. a good question. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It like, was so fun to watch two together, just bouncing off the walls of each other. I know, other. I loved her yeah. when, yeah. Fire. Um, uh, Dan doesn't, like, I, I think we all sort of, like, freak out every time we see Dan. We're like, tell us more, tell us more. He's like, do you want to know what happens in episode 14? We're like, yes. Yeah. So he's got he's got all the plans. All right. We're going to have to end it there, but we can't wait to find out the answers to these questions and more. Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week with another great guest. We've got Jason Kadams, the executive producer of Pure Genius. This has been Remote Controlled, only on Variety. Variety.